Good morning, church. Hope everyone is doing well. Good morning at home. Thank you for tuning in. In a couple of weeks, guys, I'm going to be turning 50 years old. Yeah, the big 5-0. And there's two things that I'm realizing as I get older. The first thing is that I'm getting blinder. I can't see. Wow, everything up close is like, I got to be like this. Hold it for me because I can't see. I go to restaurants. My wife holds a menu at the other table so I can read. It's getting really bad. The other thing that I'm realizing is that this thing is getting more and more complicated to use. I am horrible at doing these things that this iPhone asked me to do. I didn't even know how to turn off my phone. So for those of you that don't know how to turn off your phone, you got to press a certain button because if you press the other button and the one on the side, you take pictures. I didn't realize, and I have like 100 pictures of my feet. It's crazy. And forget just the iPhone. There's so many other things that you can do when it comes to social media, so many apps and so many gadgets. The staff, my coworkers here helped me quite a bit. The other day I was talking to Kim and she goes, turn on your airdrop thing. And I'm like, airdrop, how do you, how, oh. So I was literally gonna drop it, right? No, 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 you gotta do this, then this, no. and I just give her the phone, just do it for me. I have no idea. And I also want to keep up with the times. As I'm turning 50, I want to be more hip, right? So I start following all these things on social media, and I don't get it. I finally kind of have an idea how to like Facebook, but I still don't understand it. Then there's Snapchat, right, and Instagram, and, and, and TikTok. Again, I want to keep up with the times. And the other day, one of our co-workers. By the way, I am not the oldest worker here. Shout out to Beatriz. Where you at? Thank you. But the majority of them are younger. So I was on TikTok and everybody's like, oh, Eddie's on TikTok, Eddie's on TikTok. And it was like this huge thing. I can't believe that Eddie's on TikTok. And I'm telling him, yeah, I want to be groovy. And they looked at me like, oh, oh man. Yeah, 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 yeah you're 50. Social media is crazy. And so I went the other day and asked my son, I said, hey, what's the big deal with these followers? Because apparently the more followers you have, the more, I don't know, you're light? I, I don't know. So he started explaining to me, you know, dude, perfect and this and that and follow, follow, follow. Okay, I get it. So you want followers. Great. And then I asked him, are you following people? Oh, yeah, for sure. All these people that I'm following, they're so cool. And then I asked them, what benefit, what are you getting out of following this person? Because you explained to me that the person that's leading gets all these followers and some of them get paid to have all these followers. But what about you as a follower to this leader? What benefit do you get? Let me ask you a question. Who are you following? Is it just your social media? Or is it someone or something that you follow? And if you are, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked my son. What benefit are you getting from following whomever you're following? We're going to continue our series that we started last week, Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. And we're looking in this series, conversations that Jesus had that we read in the gospel with certain people. And today we're gonna focus on one gentleman by the name of Nathaniel. And my hope, my prayer is that we learn something 
in Nathaniel's walk because he realized that the only person that he should follow is Jesus. And I pray that we too realize that the only person we need to follow is Jesus. Because when we do, the benefits are great. And that's what Nathaniel is going to find out. So before we open up God's word, I want to give you a little context before we start the conversation between Jesus and Nathaniel. Chapter 1 of John, you see that John the baptizer baptizes Jesus. And then the next day, you see that John is hanging out with his disciples. John had disciples. And here comes Jesus walking. And he says, hey, what's up, cuz, the Lamb of God. He says cuz because they were literally cousins. And the two apostles of John the Baptist said, oh, oh, that's, that's the Lamb of God that you baptized yesterday? And John the Baptist says, yeah, that's him. So these two apostles of John get up and start following Jesus. And Jesus stops and looks back and says, what are you seeking for? He's asking this question, what do you want in life? Who do you want to follow? I want us to look at Jesus' response or the apostles' response to that question that Jesus had. John 1, verse 38. And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They wanted to know not literally where he was sleeping that night. Who are you? I want to spend some time with you. We want to spend some time with you. And Jesus said to them, come. Come and you will see. So these two apostles of John were Andrew and what others believe to be John who wrote this gospel that we're reading. So they come and spend the evening with him. And then we read that the next day that Andrew goes and tells his good friend Simon. Hey, Simon, we found the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the guy we've been reading for for years. Come and check it out. So Simon goes and he meets Jesus, and Jesus says this, you're no longer going to be called Simon. You are now going to be called Cephas, which means rock. I love that about Jesus. He doesn't only see where you're at. He also sees whom you will become. And I believe Jesus is telling Simon, Peter, Cephas, you are now Simon, but soon you will be my rock. I love that. So then... They go on, and this is where I want to pick up today's reading. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open up to John chapter 1, verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and sent to him, follow me. Three things I want us to notice from this verse. The first thing is that it says that Jesus decided. Now, Jesus didn't open up a map and said, teeny, meeny, miny, mo, where am I going to go? Ah, there I am. I'm going to Galilee. No, he purposely knew that he was going to go to Galilee for one reason and one reason only was to find Philip. The second thing I want us to notice is that Philip didn't find Jesus Jesus found Philip. I hear all the time, oh, man, my cousin, my sister, my brother, they found Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus has never been lost. We have been lost. And Jesus found you. 
Jesus found me. Jesus found Philip. And then the third thing that I want us to see is all that Jesus says to Philip is, follow me. Follow me. Come and see, he told Andrew and John. A simple, sincere invitation. Nothing complicated. We go on. Verse 44. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law, the Old Testament, and also the prophets wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, he says, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, What? What did he say? Come and see. A simple invitation. So we've got Philip, right? And he's all excited because he found the Messiah or the Messiah found him. He goes to tell his good buddy Nathaniel, Nathaniel, the same thing. Nathaniel, we found him. He's all excited. Messiah, the Messiah, the guy we read about and we studied in Sunday school. The guy we know about through the prophets, the Old Testament. Come, 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 come. And how does Nathaniel respond? What? Nazareth? See, Nazareth is just a simple town that nothing was really produced from there. And he says, what good? Really? The Messiah coming out of Nazareth? No way is what he's saying. And then, again, Philip, all he says is, dude, just come and see. Check it out for yourself. I remember when I first became a believer, when I first put my trust in Jesus Christ, it happened instantaneously. I was like Paul on the road to Damascus, literally. And the moment I got saved, I realized something in my heart. I realized, I didn't know what it was, but I realized that my heart was now open, that this guilt that I felt, this heaviness, this weight was just completely lifted. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. I remember the guy who prayed for me. I said, now what? And he said, not in these words. He just said, come and see. Check out Grace Bible Church. And I came home and I told my wife, I said, CJ, I don't know what I'm feeling, but it's so great. It's awesome. And I just want to share. I literally said this. I want to get on top of the roof and yell out, I don't know what I'm feeling, but someone share Jesus. Come and see. I didn't know my Bible for nothing. Didn't know the Old Testament or the New. I just knew that I accepted this invitation. And I realized, wow. And I knew that I had to share this great feeling with others. Come and see. Church, I think we make sharing the good news of Jesus Christ way too complicated. We really do. I hear excuses all the time. I don't know much about my Bible. I don't know anything of a Bible. It doesn't matter. Jesus says you don't have to be a theologian to go and share the good news. Just invite. Just share whatever you know. Even if it's as simple as I don't know what's going on, but I feel great. If that's it, share it. Just come and see. Simple. We make it very complicated, and sometimes we make it into a, a debate. Well, you don't know what you're following. You believe this. Nah, this is the truth, and we're called to do that, but we are called to do it in love. Very simple. 
in the start of someone's walk towards Jesus, it just begins with a simple invitation. Come and see. Don't be nervous. What am I going to say? The Holy Spirit will speak through you. I love what George Whitfield says. He says this, others can preach the gospel better than I, but no one, no one can preach a better gospel. I love that because it's so true. The gospel is the gospel. God's word will work. It will not go void. And all we are called to do is invite and let God do the rest. Verse 47 continues like this. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Jesus is saying, there is no falsehood in this Jewish man. And Nathanael said to Jesus, how do you know me? How do you know me? You don't even know my character. We haven't even met. How is it that you know me, Jesus? And he answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. In Greek, the language is a little different, obviously, than the English language. And the verb to see in Greek has two really connotations of using it. There's a physical seeing. And what Philip does is see, he saw Nathaniel. That's, that's physical. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. But what Jesus saw, the usage there in Greek is something more eternal. Jesus knows everything, obviously, about everybody. He knows everything about Philip. So Jesus saw right through him and knows him. Here's the other thing of many things that I love, I love about Jesus. He knows you better than you know yourself. And he's inviting you just where you're at just to come and see. Nathaniel responds in this way, verse 49. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Now, now look at his progression. Nathaniel goes from what good can come out of Nazareth to all of a sudden, wow, you are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are who you say you are, the son of God. As I read this, as I studied this, isn't that true of most of our walks with Christ? We begin with doubts and not knowing what's going on. But as we continue and we accept his invitation to follow him, we get to know him and realize who he truly is. And I love what Jesus tells Nathaniel, his response. And Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree you believe? And he says, you will see greater things than these. Jesus tells Nathaniel, is that all it took? Just because I know who you are, because I said I saw you under the fig tree, that's it? And now you know the truth of me? That's all it took? And he says this, Jesus, you will see greater things than these. What Jesus is saying, you ain't seen nothing yet. There's greater things to come. Keep on following me, Jesus is saying, and you're going to get your socks knocked out of you. Again, isn't that true in our walk with Christ? 
A simple invite. Come and see. And as we come and see, we get to realize who this person is. Not truly know him, but we want to follow him. We want to follow Jesus. And the same manner, Jesus will tell us in our walk, in our studying of the Bible, on getting to know him. Wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. And what Jesus is telling Nathaniel, he's saying this. You're going to see this. Just hold on. You're going to see me turn water into wine. You're going to see the sick being healed. You're going to see demons being casted out. You know what I'm going to do, Nathaniel? I'm going to feed 5,000 souls with two fish and five loaves of breath. You will see cleansing of lepers. You're going to see the storms being calmed by the one word that I say, Jesus said, you will see me walk on water. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. And that's not it. The dead, he says, will rise to life. And he still continues to do that today. Jesus tells Nathaniel, Jesus tells you and tells me, you ain't seen nothing yet. Follow me and you will see greater things. That's the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. That's the truth of the good news. That's the truth about Jesus Christ. Verse 51, Jesus responds against to Nathanael. He says, and he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Jesus makes reference to Genesis 28, where we read that, Jacob is fleeing from his brother Esau because he's scared that he's going to hurt him, that he's going to kill him. So he goes and he lays his head. He takes a nap and he's fallen asleep. He's in a city called Bethel. And he has a dream where he sees a ladder that's connecting heaven and earth on his forehead. And he sees angels coming up and down that ladder. So what Jesus is telling Nathaniel, you ain't seen nothing yet because I am eventually going to be that ladder. Nathaniel, you know that Old Testament. You know what I'm talking about. That's what I'm going to do. I am going to close the gap between heaven and earth. I am going to close the gap between a perfect and holy God and a sinful and undeserving man. I am going to be that ladder. Jesus says eventually through me, the only way, I am the truth, the life, and the way. No one comes to the Father. I am that ladder. I am that bridge that will connect heaven and earth. And Jesus says, I'm going to fulfill what Jacob only dreamt about. It's the foreshadowing of what Jesus came to do to intercede for you and for me. I love what Paul says in Romans 8.34. He says this, who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? No one else but Jesus Christ. There's no one else that could intercede. There's no one else that did the sacrifice for you and for me. No one else but him. It is his sacrifice that tore the veil from the top to the bottom. So that we can come into the holy of holies, which is God the Father, through him. Paul also writes in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Here's what it's all about, church. 
When someone puts their trust in Jesus Christ, when they believe in their heart, when they first accept that invitation to come and see, and they realize that Jesus died on the cross, and on the third day he rose from it again, at that moment, that gap that only Jesus can do, that ladder, at that moment we become a child of God. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. That is the only way for anyone, anyone, to spend eternity with God the Father. I believe what is true in Nathaniel's story, in his walk with Christ, should be true in our walk with Christ. I believe that it starts with come and see. And then as, after we take that invitation from someone, or maybe the Holy Spirit telling us, then it becomes a follow me. And here are the benefits. And here's my point for you this morning. It begins with come and see. And then it becomes follow me. And then the benefit, we realize, realize how great is he. We realize that. As Nathaniel realized, wait a second, I don't know about this Jesus, but I'm going to follow him. And then I realized, wow, he is the one. He truly is the one that could... The only one that closes the gap. The only one. I know it's true in my walk, and I hope it's true in yours. One thing that I realized as I prepared for the sermon is that no one asked, not Andrew, not Peter, not Philip, not Nathaniel. No one asked for information. No one asked Jesus, wait a second, what is in it for me? What, what benefits do I get? Wait, wait a second, is it going to cost me? Wait, wait a second. No, it was an invitation, <laughs> and they accepted that invitation. But if we're honest, church, we, we're not like the apostles. We want information. So let me answer if you have those questions. Is it going to cost you? Absolutely. Will you have to give up things? Yes. Does life get easier? Mm-mm. But it gets better. It gets better. You get to see who he truly is. Let me close with this. Invite. Go out and invite. And all it does is just a simple invitation. Come and see. Come and, come and check it out. Come to church. Watch on TV. Invite. Invite. Very simple. Invite. I am so glad that someone invited me to Grace Bible Church. Aren't you? Now if you're coming, you've been here for a while, I'm going to challenge you to follow him in a deeper way. Follow him. Follow. What does that look like practically? Get to know him more. Get into God's word daily. Man, we're all about small groups here at Grace Bible Church. That's a great way to get to know him with other people, to follow him in community. Small groups, sign up, start in June. Or we begin in June. Karen's going to be outside. Go ask her, hey, I, I want to follow Jesus. And this is a way to do it. Serve. You want it to be more like Jesus? You want to truly follow him? Jesus served. He came to serve, not to be served. Serve. Now, maybe some of you are sitting here or watching on TV and saying, you know, like Nathaniel, what good is it? What, what, what am I going to get out of it? If that's you, 
follow him. Stick around. Stick around. Because if you truly accept his invitation and you truly follow him, you will see how great, how great he is. Let's pray. Father, I do give you thanks and praise for who you are. And Father, I thank you that your invitation is always open. That you invite anyone where they're at, anywhere in their walk. Father, it takes us not to save someone by no means, but it takes us as your son Jesus asked us to do. No, no, commanded us to do. To teach others. To invite others. And as they do, and they get to grow in you, and the Holy Spirit leads them, they get to see how great thou art. I pray, Father, that we are a people that is bold to share the gospel, because as your apostle Peter says, it has a power to save. Just invite. I pray that us that have been in church maybe for a while, that we don't stop our walking with your son Jesus, but we want to know him more through our small groups, through Bible studies, through serving. Because, Father, ultimately, the greater prize, the only prize we should be after is your son Jesus. I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Love you, church. Have a blessed week. Thank you.